You are listening to the Remotepreneurs Podcast. Here, you'll learn how to adapt to a new future of doing business remotely by listening to interviews with the new breed of entrepreneurs called Remotepreneurs. Now, welcome your host, a remotepreneur that came from the factories to building multiple location independent incomes all remotely, Philip Ville Stankowski. Welcome to the Remotepreneurs Podcast. My name is Philip Stankowski. I come from Macedonia and for the past five years, I'm developing my remote incomes and I managed to develop four sources of income. They are all location independent. They are all symbiotic. I managed to travel the world and meet interesting people. I believe personally that the new entrepreneurs are remotepreneurs and the purpose of this podcast is to serve as a knowledge base by interviewing successful remotepreneurs and help everybody that is struggling with developing their business remotely through outsourcing or simply you're stuck in the cubicle in the corporate job and just watching videos on YouTube that these guys called digital nomads are, you know, having a great time. So I just wanted to create realistically expectation and also provide you with skills and tools and advices of people that already made it, what what you should expect. So in this episode, we do have an interesting couple, interesting remotepreneur couple. Vera is from Russia. Thomas is from Latvia. They both met in Bali. Now, they are a little bit different because Thomas, he never went to, you know, the university and all school <laughs> doing business. So once he finished his high school, he just started his own uh, online business through Amazon Publishing. And Vera just went to the old school way of building a career. She went to university. She was wor- started working remotely for co-working space. And then she just decided to travel on her last semester. And I guess she loved it. And he, she continued to do that. Also, this, this couple is making a big impact for the Indian woman community. They like to empower women that to have equal wages like men. And they started their own e-commerce business currently through Etsy. And they're selling traditional handmade Indian textile on Etsy. So, I mean, they're trying to, to help and empower women. And they're, the funny thing, everything they're doing now is remotely. Also, Thomas is building SaaS company for Amazon publishing business. And he has a lot of fun with it during the travel. I can say that he is one of the rare person that I really found that they are, that he's a nomad. He actually sold everything that he had, his personal business in Latvia. And pretty much he just traveled with his backpack, laptop, I guess a lot of passwords. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> need some more time. Yeah. And Vera currently work as a online marketing for a big SEO company in Australia. And also she likes photography. So she works as a freelance photographer. So I would like to invite Thomas and guests to the podcast and thank them for, for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, you, you're an amazing couple, I must admit. Thanks. Thank you. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. <laughs> I see that uh, it's possible that you can work together and travel. Yeah, easy. it's not always easy, but it's like, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's so worth it. Put it simply. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. It's worth it. Like, we both really love freedom. And like all the challenges, all the little bumps in the road are like totally, totally worth it for us. And other people, pro- maybe not. Because, uh, you know, from based on what we, what we see, like 
what at least what I see online, it's not for all people. Like some people are nomads for some time and then they stop or mm-hmm. run out of money. Yeah. <laughs> As we were talking before. But yeah, no, we love it. I've always loved freedom. And it's like, I mean, I, I know I sound like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what, uh, somebody no, preaching, true. preaching, but like, I genuinely love it's it. It's like we have freedom in life, freedom in relationship, freedom in everything. It's yeah, kind it's of important like the theme for, of our lives. <laughs> yeah. Probably like the same like for many nomads, I find. Like the freedom is like top priority. Probably that's why they choose over something else. Over security, over yes. all that stuff, yeah. So let's start with, with Vera. Can you tell us your background, your, your story? Okay, so I'm originally from Russia. And uh, I guess in Russia, no one really knows what digital nomad remotepreneur <laughs> is. There are, we just checked, you know, we just checked recently online whether there are co-working spaces in Moscow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not really. Not that many. Yeah. And I'm not even from Moscow. I'm from a smaller city, Chivaksari. Uh-huh. I hope through this podcast people will know <laughs> what Chivaksari is. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I moved to Moscow, did my bachelor. Then I moved to uh, Germany, did my master's. And then um, in one of the semesters, I just decided to do internship because, you know, everyone was doing internships in the big companies like BMW, Daimler. Yeah. That's, you know, that just people consider it to be cool. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm doing business administration, like international business, all this stuff, but I don't really want to follow that path, you know, consulting company and stuff. So I thought, okay, what could be cool? to uh, do internships somewhere in Asia, maybe, and somewhere in, in the place where people also love freedom and people also, you know, love something different. So I just Googled internship Bali because I wanted to go to Bali for a long time. So I Googled, you know, internship Bali. And the first uh, the first link was uh, internship in Hubud. I think most of the listeners know that like Hubud is one of the most famous co-working spaces in Bali. And uh, I didn't know, like, anything of that, honestly. Hubud, I was like, okay, interesting name. Where it is? That it's in Ubud? No idea. I didn't know that Ubud exists, you know? Okay. <laughs> like, no idea. I was, like, completely not there. And uh, I just uh, applied for this internship in marketing in Hubud. And uh, I got accepted. And so I went to Bali for half a year. It was supernatural. So while my, you know, my friends were doing you know, internships and co-working, internships and consulting companies. I did internship in a co-working space in Bali. And then I just met a lot of amazing people there. And I thought that just... One of which was me. Yeah, one of which was you. And I just thought that that's an amazing place to be. Why would I stay there? Why would I choose something that, you know, ordinary people tend to choose if I can choose something amazing and live the dream life, which is not a dream life, which is kind of true. And so I just went back, finished my master's, and then, um, yeah, that's it. And then we went traveling with Thomas, and mm-hmm. that's already, like, another story. And then I just found, by friends, I just found um, amazing work uh, in this Australian SEO company. And uh, I'm kind of combining this Indian thing, SEO stuff, also photography, what I've been loving to do for a lot of time. And, yeah, it kind of works pretty well. Really good, I think. So, how do you exactly met Thomas? Like, how was like the exact story? How, what happened? Like, we just bumped into each other. Yeah, we actually bumped it's into like each so, other. It's like so, literally, so random, like cliche. <laughs> like cliche. Yeah, cliche. And yeah. but not really cliche. I mean, we met in um, on that New Year's Day in Yapi, It's called in okay, Bali, yeah. 
And there was, you know, that celebration in the street, all that dragons, I don't know. Right, all, all those, like, it's like a purging of the demons. It's like, yeah. all okay. the deep, like, the, um, really big, like, papier-mâché papier uh -huh. um, demons that they make. Uh, they dance and they make all these crazy ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And then they burn them at 12 o'clock, something oh. like that. And then the next day is, like, meditation. Uh, it's yeah, like a cleansing. Yeah. And so and yeah, we just met We just the met, we, we, we were just standing, I was standing next to one of your friends. Yeah, so he met one of my friends first. And like then, we were just watching the ceremony. Yeah. Like, she was like there, she's like, yeah. It's like kind yeah. of free spirit as well. Like, yeah, like and then somehow, you know, we met each other and I don't know, like forgot about each other. And then like in a week we met in Bali, in the co-working space in Hubud. And I was like, oh, what are you doing here? He was like, I'm working from here. <laughs> I mean, I'm working for Hubud. And the funniest uh, thing, though, is, I guess, the Latvian-Russian dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it's like, yeah. you thought about me uh, when you first met me. That, oh, uh, she's from Russia. No. I didn't think like that. I was, I had, but you have like an image of what that means, you know, because since what you, does it mean? <laughs> since uh, what that could be the, from the culture that you grew up in, blah, blah, blah. You know, I just know, I just thought uh, there won't be much connection. I was like, hey, you know, you still talk to a person, but I, like, <laughs> oh, so you're from Russia. Oh. No, no, not like that. <laughs> because, yeah, Latvians and Russians, uh, it's a big topic in Latvia. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing is, it's a big topic in Latvia, but it's not a big talk with, topic yeah, in Russia. Yeah, that's also because, fascinating. Yeah. yeah, no one even thinks, oh, yeah, Latvia, okay, cool, you know, like any other country. And in Latvia, it's like Russia, suppressed by Russia. Yeah, for there's, so many uh, years. you know, still... Um, Healing the wounds, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. I guess you probably understand what yeah, that means. Yeah, 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 I know. Sorry, Vera guys. Doesn't. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to hurt you. Okay? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, you will heal the wounds between. Yeah, I was actually laughing with this. Yeah, we did this documentary called The Wanderers. We were laughing the whole way that we're gonna like heal the yeah. audience, you know? <laughs> yeah, connect nationalities <laughs> yeah. back to unity and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And and Thomas, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Like you told me that you're you finished high school, decided not to go to university. No, I actually did go to university, okay. but for uh, not for very long, <laughs> for six months. Yeah. So yeah, at the end of high school, um, I was already. I even in high school, I had this like skepticism about the educational system. I really didn't like it, um, even though some of the teachers were like genuine and wanted to help. Uh, you know, the students, but uh, I, I was, uh, you know, skeptical about it. So I was like looking at like opportunities already. Like I was more interested in doing something like real in like uh, real life. So I was checking like these opportunities of online business. Even back then, how, this was like probably like maybe even five years ago. It was like, even then it was still a new thing. Online marketing was like seen as this sketchy make money online thing where you I don't know, scam people. That's what most people thought. But uh, yeah, I just discovered this, uh, that there's Amazon has opened up its doors to pretty much uh, everyone who wants to sell both physical products and like all these um, books. I started, so yeah, I started looking into it. I saw that, uh, you know, people were um, generating incomes for themselves, which was like, and I thought, okay, if like these guys do it, there must be some way, like it's obviously working for them. So I just need to figure out figure out what they're doing and like emulate them, something like that. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I slowly started. Uh, I published a book. Uh, at first it was eBooks, then it turned into print books as well, et cetera, et cetera. First, thing, first it was slow because I knew nothing. Uh, my family doesn't really come from much of an entrepreneurial background. So it was really new that even you believe that you can do something like that. 
but yeah, slowly but surely, I kind of uh, uh, figured it out. I figured out how all that process works. I was really like into all those courses, like reading a lot of books, because it was such a new thing for me. And yeah, it's kind of started working. I started, uh, you know, making some money. I was able to pay for my uh, tuition at high school. Uh, no, sorry, about at university uh, that first year. And at some point, and it was, I think it's mostly because of um, the growth of, it was a couple of things, just timing, et cetera. It kind of, you know, it, there was a strong push. It took off uh, quite nicely in terms of uh, financial, et cetera. And I, I just realized, wow, I'm kind of, I can travel now. And it was such a weird thing because, you know, you, before I didn't have any opportunities for any of that. So I started slowly uh, traveling. But in that phase, I was still kind of, uh, trying things out. I was trying projects that were fun for me. I went to, I just thought, wow, it would be amazing to go to Silicon Valley. And I just went there. And I just lived with these, like, all these cool people in Airbnbs and whatnot. Went to all these, like, check out these big companies. Yeah, so I just traveled, but with time. So I had this uh, business that I did. And with time, I, re- I kind of, I got bored of my normal life and so I was, I was traveling quite relatively often, not too often, like often for normal people, but not as often as a nomad would. Um, but I kind of grew tired of like, I was still living like a normal routine, what would be considered normal. You know, you have your week, you have your work days, you have, um, you know, your socialization. It's like a formula, you know, by how many, most people work. I don't know, something was missing there, to be honest. Like I just felt on paper, everything was like good, was supposed to be good, but I didn't feel like, I was like, you know, like living life, like having fun and being, uh, you know, being excited by what I'm doing. And fast forward uh, in 2016, I think, I went to South America for this like short-term educational program, two months with all these like, it's very like entrepreneurial based, very funky alternative program called Exosphere. Uh, it's very, very interesting. I met, met a bunch of cool people also with very like alternative perspectives on life. At the end of that, program, I, I went to, or in the middle, I don't quite recall at the moment, I went to the Olympics in Brazil. And it was, uh, yeah, it was so much fun, but I, I really also loved Brazil. The, what I'm trying to uh, get to with all this stuff is that I was just having so much fun and it was so like uh, fulfilling for me. I met all these cool people in Brazil and Brazil is such a warm kind of country with people so expressive, so different from my home country, like polar opposite. I mean, every country has their own good qualities. But um, yeah, I just really loved how Brazilians are, like, you know, in, in their heart and so warm and expressive um, and fun. And I just went back to Latvia. And that's where it came clear to me, like, oh, bingo. It just was like, yes, like, wh- why didn't I think of this before? Because I, I was lucky in the sense that I already had, like, all this, spent all this time, like, working, figuring out this kind of online business thing. I had uh, an income uh, coming and I was just like, okay, that's it, clear. I came back, I uh, sold all of my stuff. I invited my friends to my apartment. Hey, take what you want. Uh, furniture, everything. Like, take my TV, you take it. I don't need it. Just because uh, I realized that it doesn't really fulfill, like, not fulfill, but, like, there's no fulfillment from that. It just kind of was weighing me down at, at the time because I was still paying. It was one of the reasons I had to come back from Brazil because I was still paying for rent for the apartment, I was, uh, you know, I had all that stuff there. I hadn't really set myself up that well. And yeah, I just came back and sold everything, gave everything. It was such an interesting experience to do that because uh, 
it's not what people usually do. And everybody thought I was crazy. <laughs> I, I can imagine. It I, I am. Vera <laughs> says I am. She knows best. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I think in some countries, maybe in the US or in Australia, that's kind of seen as, uh, you know, a bit more kind of cool, man. Yeah, go for it. Uh, dream lifestyle. But like, in, um, you know, a lot of people didn't quite get what I was doing. Uh, you know, my parents were kind of like, okay, okay that's interesting. <laughs> are you sure? Are you sh- exactly? Like, why? And why? Like, why? Your Alone? Tell about your grandma. She still thinks that you're going to go back to Latvia and uh, right. the oh, university. She, watch this, she, she has, it's like classic kind of path. She's asking, when are you going to university? And get and a like, safe, secure job. Yeah, right. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah. It's like, I just say next year, next year. I mean, mom, I'm giving jobs to people. What are you talking All right. about? All right, right, it's right. ridiculous. Okay. Maybe someday they'll understand. Yeah, yeah okay. So, so basically you sold everything and pretty much you just go with your backpack and yeah baggage and just go from country yeah. to country yeah and the interesting thing about that is like i actually thought growing up I-, i thought that like i had this illusion about the material world that it would give me some kind of like film you know especially like if you make more money you can buy cool things yeah. and i kind of went a little phase like through a little phase like that where i okay i finally had a bit more money Well, it was actually kind of a lot more than I than I had before. I, I was able to um, kind of make stupid purchases, <laughs> which I couldn't do before. Yeah, I just that was I just realized it's an illusion. It's kind of it's kind of vain. There's there's not much there, you know. I'm trying to explain because I think many people, especially young people, uh, have this illusion that like uh, it's going to bring them some sort of fulfillment, or they're going to have like they're going to build their identity. And you might, it might, it might be really cool to still like, you know, to have all those cool uh, things, have a really cool car, maybe a couple. If if that's, if that resonates for you, that's your thing. But like, I still think that fulfillment comes more from like wor- work that you really like, from lifestyle that matches who you are. And yeah, it just took off basically. It felt like, you know what? It felt like a classic hero's journey. Do you okay. know that? Hear, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Like Joseph Campbell and his work. You know, the, ser- the hero goes off into the unknown. Yeah. It's like... Get the, the backpack and yeah, the, uh, go backpack. explore and yeah, conquer exactly. the world. No idea, like, where I'll end up. And like, uh, you know, I don't know anybody there in Indonesia. I just know there's community. Okay, let's go. Just go with the backpack. Yeah. yeah. And, so, you know, it worked out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You, met, you met a gorgeous woman. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then you traveled. It's interesting that you actually experienced to the luxury life, I'd say, like materialistic luxury life. Yeah. And maybe you liked it. I'm sure you liked it at the beginning, but at some time. I actually lived in a house for a short while. Very short, just three months, like alone in Latvia. It wasn't even like, I was kind of, I wasn't like lost in the illusion that like it's going to be, I was kind of like, part of me was already like skeptical, but I was like, okay, let's, let's give this a try. What is it going to be like? Do something that uh, you I couldn't before, and uh, yeah, it was just like excess, like things you don't need, like especially if you're alone. Why didn't? Yeah. Maybe if you're a super like party person, then it's nice. But like if you're a single guy, <laughs> it's like you're like castle. <laughs> yeah. You live there alone. So nice. yeah, yeah. So, no. So how many years do you actually travel? Basically, you're like literally nomad because you don't have any. I, I just crossed the two year mark on two February something, like 16th. Yeah, so you just go from country to country that you like to, to visit? Yeah. And maybe to Latvia to fix your passport and visa yes, problem. Yes, ex- exactly that. Exactly that. You know how it is. Yeah. yeah, pretty much these last two years 
have been just uh, yeah in the Asian Asian region, and I kind of usually we decide how we travel based on kind of gut feel, kind of okay. almost. You know, you feel, sometimes you feel like sometimes you feel like just staying somewhere for a long time, for like a couple months at a time. You know where all the workplaces are. You know, you know everything. Yes. You know. Sometimes you need the routine to develop. Exactly, exactly. It's easier for productivity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you can I, still have some sort of routine when it's more like dynamic, like it was just recently in Philippines. We kind of moved more often, like maybe every, like three weeks we stayed in some place, then we moved, then we stayed one week mm-hmm. in some place, something like that, more like moving. So how how does it look to 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 like be a remote prenatal as a couple? I'm I'm really interested in that. Yeah. Like usually I see single. Girls or, or or men, but how does it look like in couple? I've been in I've been in both. Uh, I haven't been uh, as a single digital nomad. I think. Okay. Well, well I, it depends on how you define. Yeah, right. If it's strictly true. defined, then no. But no. it's loosely defined. You know, it's living in Bali. Right. Right. Yeah, right. That 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 counts. Um, yeah. I think. Um, honestly, I think that I communicate less with other people. Because we spend a lot of time with yes. Thomas because we work together, you know, work together from one place. We love the same food, so we eat together. <laughs> so we live together. So we kind of... They, they say that to find out if you're a good match, you need to travel together. Right. True, <laughs> true, true. So they say. Longer period of time. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, it's just you don't really have this need to go to meetups, you know, okay. to meet a lot of people, to if play. If you don't feel and, like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can do it, but it's not, it's not such a necessity because I think we just have, we're just a very good match. Mm-hmm. That's why it works out pretty well. Yeah, we even watch like our marketing courses together. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we like, watch the course together. Sometimes it's a bit like true. already <laughs> high level. Of, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, true, true, true. So it's easy to 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 have a remote preneur couple lifestyle if if you're basically match. Yeah, it's it's important to be like I've been in both. So yeah, but when, when you're alone, it also has its perks. Like meaning, uh, we yeah we spend a lot of time with each other, and so we have this like sometimes cool like you know bubble. Okay. You probably understand. You know, you're with your partner, um, you do your things. But when you're alone, it's like this is the same also with travel. You kind of interact with the locals like it's a very experience with you and the environment you know what i mean like yeah yeah it's you you with the locals no, and like you know because mm-hmm. we also like both the freedom are... to to explore and experience. yeah exactly it's like your experience yeah. with the environment because we also have both traveled for extended periods like alone yes 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 um, it's true i mean everything you know both have its own benefits I think. right I exactly think. it's just like what that, what do you choose and what's good for All right you? you need to see the two sides of the coin to, yeah, to, exactly. to experience to know what's better for you, yeah, and at which part of your life. Yeah, and I, I look honestly, you're like really, really happy. Like, not like yeah, like there were some tensions. <laughs> we, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, you know, every relationship has its like, yeah. uh, challenges. But yeah, yeah, we're very good men. Nice job. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, nice job. <laughs> Bali is a good place, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just uh, synchronicity. Yeah. Right okay. place, right time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I think it's also because we're very open with each other and very honest mm-hmm. towards each other. So we are really open when we see that, like, you know, there is a challenge or something. So we, yeah, we don't let it build. We work on oh, okay. it, you know? It's not that, you know, I'm not talking, well, for a couple of days, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and then there is a tension between. So if there is, of course, there are challenges, but if there are challenges, we just work on them, you know? And then everything, everything yeah, because fine. the nomad lifestyle comes with like challenges of like, 
if you move like slightly more often in those periods, it's like, you know, it's dynamic and you have to yeah. pack and you have to find things and you have to go and you have to be on yeah. schedule. So it becomes like tense and like sometimes it's a bit, you know, takes a bit of energy. Um, oh, actually, I found one be- one more benefit of traveling as a couple or like living as a couple yeah. uh, remotely. Okay. Um, before, I always had to figure out all the things on my own, you know, okay, where's the scooter, where's the accommodation, <laughs> oh, yeah. everything. Yeah, now we split it. You know, <laughs> and now we kind of split it and Thomas actually takes the most part, I think, like, you know, helps me a lot. So I don't really need to stress about it. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, be more you know, chill about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's also, I mean, it's great to have, you know, a person that, you know, supports you, always with you, you know, every country you go, whether you're here or there. Yeah, Uh, true. So basically, you're both like, although you're a couple in relationship, romantic relationship, you're also like a partner. Yeah. We are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're also partners in In, our new venture. In business. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, true. (laughs) So, but it's, sometimes it's, yeah, it's a lot. We do everything together. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have, like, Vera has her rituals. Actually, this is also important. Like, Vera has her, her own, we have our, each each of us has our own time. Okay. You know, because we spend, like, so, so much time together. We even, like, work together on this project. And Vera, sure. Vera does her, you can talk about. It, yeah, I mean, I do, my, I do my morning rituals. You know, I like to do my morning yoga, then meditation, 10 minutes. And, um, yeah, you know, just spending some time with myself. Even though, I mean, I'm a very communicative person. But still, it's important for me to be in my own zone a bit to recharge and something and I'm also a cancer maybe because of that and um, yeah Thomas also has his rituals but I do my rituals daily I need my time in the morning you know I need my one hour that's for me and then for example we have one scooter and we have to go to work and I'm still doing my morning ritual which is very important and And Thomas already wants to to go I want to do you know it's the most productive time the morning energy yes 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 and then we're like I mean Thomas come on it's important and I understand it's important for you and it's like so yeah. it's con- it's constant like I guess balance because when when we see that it's like okay like we should get two scooters obviously yes because it's I mean in that scenario because if we're kind of weighing each other on each other by that yeah, true I mean I think honestly we like to be independent and we kind of acknowledge it this part in each other but it just yeah. happens that we <laughs> that we do everything together we are independent we are interdependent somehow. Okay. I think yeah, yeah, very well said. Yeah, you're really connected, but still, you re- you're aware that everybody needs his own time and place. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. space, like you say, like my yes. morning routine. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Just be mindful, relax a bit. Mind. Also, uh, I think um, one challenge maybe since we're doing so many things. So I'm working on several projects. You are working on several projects. Yeah. And for example, with Devi Fair, it's kind of our baby, you know? Yeah. And sometimes Thomas is doing something for Devi Fair and he's like, Vera, could you please join me? There is, you know, a decision that we have to make. And I'm working on um, no, no, marketing for uh-huh. Australian company because that's what brings me income, uh, yeah. the main, you know, the main income. So I cannot really choose to do Devi Fair right now because I have to finish the, the things that I'm currently doing for... For another job and some some sometimes you know it's like mm, we are like come on let's just decide but i cannot do it right now yeah no that's totally true yeah <laughs> so those are like the small hiccups that you yeah exactly yeah i think that i think that's normal it's very i think it's very normal it's just either you yeah. talk about it or you don't right <laughs> some people talk about it some people don't right yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah yeah definitely and it's also like uh Devi fair you know uh sometimes we have all, all these discussions and like because it's like 
We also have like our artistic vision. Okay. And then we talk about like how we want it, do we want it like that. But that's I think also normal. Yes. Uh, you know, with any business. It's it's actually I also learned this about like my um SaaS business project. Okay. I learned there that like it's important to raise issues quickly rather than not I mean not super quickly, like oh you didn't mis- did a mistake, uh okay. told tell you off. But like it's it's important mm-hmm. to like discuss things. Even, like you know, sometimes it's uncomfortable and you really don't want to. Yeah, you skip those point. uncomfortable talks. Like you need to have and like like uh, somebody's not performing well or like in our case, it's like okay, I don't like maybe something artistically or the strategy. I don't quite agree with something like that. Mm-hmm. So also, I think that's important. Yeah. So like solve the issues before they. Yeah, before yeah. like before the energy builds and explodes. Yeah, I think I'm bad at that. <laughs> I must admit. No, I, I mean I'm not perfect either. Because oh, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's like it's like a working process. We're all on a journey. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we are. I usually, you know, leave things that I have to do the the you know the hard calls etc. I just postpone them. Yeah. Oh, it's not good time now. It's not good time now until it's like become so big problem that. You cannot solve it. So yeah, no. That's I, one of the things I also don't do them like ASAP. I kind of let them sit, but if they don't kind of solve themselves, sometimes they do. Sometimes it just solves themselves. Uh-huh. This person shows up or he solves the problem. That's nice. But like, if it's there for a while, I'm like, okay, so I'll just go ahead and do this. Like, take it in. Like, let it come. Basically, you're building your own SaaS company. J- right. Just for a clarification, what's SaaS for the listeners? SaaS is a software as a service, meaning you basically build a software and you charge a monthly fee for access. Okay. Can you give an, like an example of fa- f- like famous SaaS that they can connect? Um, famous SaaS. Like, okay. So in our space or? Any space doesn't matter. In, well, in our space, it's Jungle Scout. A Jungle lot of, Scout. Okay. Uh, Amazon people know it. The most, more, even more common one would be like Dropbox. Right, oh, Dropbox. So, yeah, everybody uses Dropbox. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So Dropbox is. Uh, so, so basically, that's not your you as a sub- subscriber that you're using the service. You're basically just paying monthly fee. You're just using the platform to do some time of work that it helps you, and and you don't know you don't own the the software. The company. Right, you don't own the li- yes, exactly. You don't own a license. You you just um, just use pay the a recurring fee, right? And I think it's, you know, most times, oftentimes, it's better for both parties. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you don't. I agree. I agree. For the entrepreneur and the user. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How did you actually came up with the idea to, to build a SaaS? I believe that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Oh, man. Is it? It's like I've had so many. And I'm, I'm actually happy I didn't know how hard it is. Really? <laughs> I, had, I had like, I had some idea. I knew it wasn't going to be easy in all areas. But I just, I just went for it. It was like exciting for me, and also like for me in my work. Part of what, like, once you build like one income stream that's like good and solid, like part of what makes sense is to diversify. But I was, I can't really, if I don't kind of feel that it's mine, that it's like exciting, not like on a surface level, but like truly, okay, well, this is like truly exciting to me. I can't really, I, it drains me very quickly just working for money. And this this project it was like creative. It was very challenging. It was I think there's a good opportunity. So yeah, um, I I saw. So as as I've been working in this space myself, I realized you know you keep a very close pulse on the market. You keep a close pulse pulse on everybody else that's doing this stuff. And it just like came to me that okay I have all this like knowledge built up, 
I could build something that's uh, useful. And I also felt like it was the right time. It was mature. The market's mature enough. It's not, it's not just started one year ago that this, all this self-publishing stuff, anybody can uh, produce, publish their stuff. Whether you're like doing it for profit, as many people do, or if you're doing it you know, as an author. The strategy is a bit different for like authors, but they use the same platforms. And they're also, uh, as I said, part of the market. So yeah, I just, I just, you know, and I also, since I've been working on it, I know all of the critical elements, like, and all of these, part of the secret sauce is going to be like sales estimates, uh, as always in these market analytics uh, software. So, yeah. so basically your SaaS is helping people easy their process in, in Amazon publishing, finding a niche that they should publish, I guess the math, the numbers, yes. So it's mainly, it's mainly, right. It's mainly finding the niche, okay. one, fi- uh, like identifying the niche and the keywords. And two is then like also optimization or optimization of the products oh, okay. that you have there already. And like, you know, like the, how the tools look, um, we're kind of pre-launch at the moment, but uh, yeah, each each of these two main points have their own kind of spe- like specific tools how to identify. I, I mean, for the people that are interested or they are in, in Amazon publishing, how they can find your SaaS, your your software. Honestly, the uh, it's all it's free uh, release, okay. and it's oh, what you can do is you can check out. Um, so part of our marketing strategy is uh, content marketing, of course. Tested a bunch of channels, but uh, the best one seems like it's YouTube. You can check okay. out the channel where I'll be working to kind of uh, promote this stuff. Actually, plans to release some like a bunch of high-quality free materials. At the moment, it's called Book Marketing 101 by okay. Thomas Sartz. Uh, but I plan to rebrand it once we launch our yeah. um, SaaS. But it's basically I just realized I have to be the face. It's going to be the most easiest thing to put myself out there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, all sorts of sharing, all sorts of good tips there. Yeah, that's that's where you can. Uh, Check me out at the moment. So I know that SaaS it's, it's uh, must have been like difficult to, to develop. Did you develop yourself or you do have no, like a team no, remote? I have or? I have no development experience. Okay. So this is like zero. <laughs> no, almost next to zero. I, I just, you know, I just know I've, I learned some HTML and SES on a course okay. some years ago, many years ago when I was like 16. Not that that helped me much, but like at least you understand like, yeah. what, what's going on. Do so you yeah, have, I have like, no team? knowledge. Like remotely? Yes, uh, we have like a small uh, remote team. Okay. Um, some are f- uh, part-time, some are uh, full-time. Okay. Some are just like freelance, come and go. Like, for example, the designer. You know, we just needed the mock-ups, the designs. Should, yeah. uh, didn't need to hang out, hang around for too long. How that started? I was actually, um, I got lucky with the with um, the with one of the main uh, guys. Uh, you know, I see him, uh, even though, you know, the... The agreement is like contractual, but like um, you know, I see him as as my partner. Okay. Uh, he has his experience, kind of developer. He likes really into programming, and the good like the one of the special things about him is that he also has this kind of leadership ability and communication ability. Okay. Which uh, I mean, no offense, but uh, many programmers um, tend not to have. Okay. Just tend not to have. Um, I mean, that's fine, and everybody has their own. Mm. Yeah. Weaknesses and, and strengths. Yeah, that was very key. And I also found him uh, in a very roundabout way. Okay. Uh, I, I wanted to, um, I found these guys, uh, Ukrainian guys, but they were, as they were, we were already talking about the terms, talking about the money. They seemed like they were a good fit. They had good skill set and they seemed very solid. But they said right before we were about to sign things, they said, okay, no, we can't do this. Uh, we need you to, we need you to get a data 
analyst. Okay. Yeah, and that data analyst uh, um, ended up being that guy. He's not really a data analyst, but it's one of his kind of skill sets. Yeah, He's more okay. like just full stack guy. Okay. And yeah, he, we, with him we just um, so uh, he lives in the UK. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of question mark everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> everywhere nowhere. And then uh, we kind of uh, coordinate on who um, who might be other tech guys. Okay. Uh, who who can uh, join us? Yeah. Okay. So, so it's a long, long-winded answer. Yeah. So that, does Vera like jump on, on that? Like, do you help out like with content or something like that? Definitely. No, we give well, each other feedback all the time. Okay. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you're working. Twist laptop. Vera, what do you think? Yeah. That happens yeah. like a lot. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? I assume Vera helps a little bit with online marketing because you have experience with that, right? No, not really, to be honest. Mm-hmm. No, like you. A sec- like a second opinion is always uh, okay. Yeah, like so, so she she helps like so you don't have a blind spot because exa- everybody exactly, has a blind yeah. spot. Yeah, she's just honest yeah. and she she likes you know to, for you to succeed and. Yeah, yeah, we want each other to succeed. Like I also, um, you know, we she very really helps with like you know with with like feedback on the videos. Like, what do you think about this? What do uh-huh. you think about this title? And then uh, yeah. sometimes Vera also has. Yeah, if I ask some questions, you know, Thomas helps me out, or like how it's better to, you know. To word this, right? We get stuck on words because we both, you know, you need to write a lot, do a lot of like copywriting or writing Mm -hmm. emails or lists. And then it's like, what, how how does it sound better? Yeah, (laughs) no, it's not right, but it's like, what what is your opinion on that, you know? Yeah. 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 I think we have. Yeah, definitely. It's cool also that we understand, that's one of the perks. We understand what what each of us is doing. You know, it's not like, what is Vera doing in her computer? I don't get it. What, yeah. <laughs> you know? You both generally understand each other' jobs and skills, and you can help at least. Yeah. From perspective of like a, we, we understand the struggles and yeah. the, the pains, and like yeah, we help true. each other as well. Mm-hmm. Wow, that, that, that's a that's a lot important. And Vera, uh, how do you manage to organize working as a basically? employee or a freelancer for the Australian company as an online marketer and oh. also having time to to build your Indian e-commerce business? Yeah, actually, our company is very, very unique. It's um, yeah. High Voltage SEO. Uh, it's a really great company because uh, most people work remotely. So we basically have three teams. One okay. team is in Berlin, another team is in the USA, and another team is in Australia. And uh, we feel very connected to each other even though we are not physically there. You know, I haven't met all of the team members in, a, in our company. So we are around 15 people, I think. And uh, I've met maybe, you know, five to eight people. But it works well because I think we have a very good corporate culture. And, um, you know, I think the good company attracts good, good people. But people won't come to, that, to the company because uh, they're not, you know, they're not in the same vibe, maybe. Yeah. So it works sense. well. Yeah. Makes sense. Just interesting how because you're working for a bigger company that's pretty much remotely. Can you can you explain me like like the remote culture how it looks like? Yeah, so we have uh, um, weekly calls. Okay. Well, actually, uh, one call in two weeks, and uh, then we have a marketing call every week. But we have a specific time, but we can always change the time. So it's not that okay today. Uh, we have a call at 10 in the morning. If someone cannot join, it's fine. You can always have a call another time. So, you know, from the human perspective, we are um, 
yeah, I think it works out very well. And we have a Slack channel. We have Asana. If you're if you're Save asking, all your Monday motivation. Oh yeah, and I also <laughs> have an additional title. I'm Chief Zen Officer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> nice one. I have my Monday uh, motivation channel, uh, Mindful Monday channel in our Slack. And every Monday I post something inspirational or motivational, you know, kind of a good start of the week. Sometimes it's book reviews. Sometimes it's videos. So, yeah, sometimes my personal stories. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So basically you, you keep in touch, although you're probably from all parts of the world, you keep in touch through weekly or bi-weekly calls and just yeah. see each other just to, to see how, how everybody's doing with the project. And Yes, and also also in Slack, you know, if I have a question to someone, I can just text that person. And um, yeah, since we feel very connected to each other, it's not like, oh man, like I don't want to read that or I don't want to do that. It's all fine because I think everyone understands that we are here like for the bigger cause. And we are doing, it's not my, you know, separate thing that I'm doing. We're contributing, like everyone is contributing towards achieving the main goal. And I think if everyone understands it in every project, not only the company where I'm working for, you know, it can be anything. If you contribute to something bigger and if you believe in what you are doing and if you enjoy what you are doing, which is also very important, then everything works out fine. So it works fine for us. What do you think? Uh, will... Can you build like a huge company and huge remote culture, the remote style? We, let's not say like, you know, the old school that they are doing with big offices and, you know, cubicles, etc. Do you think that's like outdated? Because a lot of people that I interview, they, they escaped that part of the life because they eventually get tired of it and they like this type of... Um, honestly, I think, yeah, it is outdated and I think that the future is in remote work. But at the same time, I acknowledge that it's not for everyone. Yeah. Okay. Not everyone. I, I guess everyone likes to travel, but not everyone is out there. Not everyone is confident enough to leave like Thomas, for example, you know, <laughs> to sell everything and just go there, you know, and see what worries is going to, what, what the world is going to bring you, you know? Yeah. Not everyone is there. Everyone, I can understand that some people love security. Some people love their personal space, for example. But you know, it brings also perks to people who, you know, have a single location. You work from home. Yeah. Maybe you work from cafe. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe you, a couple of days a week, you go to office. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. And I think the companies, like that big companies are actually <clears throat> changing their uh, structure themselves. So most of them let their... Uh, let their staff work, you know, several days from home, for example. That's if you scroll through this uh, work app. How do you say it? Not, um, I don't know, when they With put the, the out job. Out of office? Uh, when they put the job online, if they say, okay, we're searching for that person. One of the benefits, they always write, yeah, job you know. Posting? Yeah, job posting? Yeah, job okay. posting. Yeah, they always write flexible working hours or, I don't know, yeah, possible like to work from home or, you know. So, because people are getting attracted to that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Before it was not the case, you know, I'm from Russia. So, um, <laughs> I, I, as I told you before, people don't know what who Digital Nomad is. And at the same time, people don't see that as an opportunity, you know, because it's not there. I'm very lucky to be here. I'm very lucky to be in Chiang Mai now, for example. I'm very lucky. I think I'm actually very lucky yeah. that I kind of escaped the path. And I, we know, went on the right path straight away. So I didn't have, didn't meet the challenges. Wow, nice. So that's why I'm starting the podcast. It's, it's called Remotepreneurs. And that's why I believe 
the new entrepreneurs are remote entrepreneurs. You do not yeah, need huge for sure. offices. For sure. I mean, Thomas, I mean, selling your, your business, getting your backpack and just building a SaaS company remotely. People usually think that you just need to No, to one buy clarification it. I want to make. I didn't sell my business. I sold my stuff. Oh, okay. My business is what uh, was already uh, remote. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. Just just tiny clarification. Yes. Yeah, so, so, you just sold the materialistic stuff that you have right, in exactly. Latvia that were holding you. Exactly. Yeah. I thought it might be valuable if I share like what I've noticed about like remote workers uh, when you kind of vet them. It, like, you know, you're looking who might be good fit, who might, who might not. It's like there's a few like characteristics they have to be like I've noticed they have to be like independent. Okay. Like you don't need your boss like looking, hey, do yeah. <laughs> do your thing, you know? Like um that's that's one thing. Like they have to be independent. They have to be uh that's probably yeah, the biggest one. Um what else is there? Yeah, that was probably the 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 biggest the most critical one. Just just independence, right? So basically from the perspective of employer or freelancer, you would like your, not employees, like freelancers that help out, remote workers, to be resourceful, to own the project and and to find the solution by its own. So you, you don't have to tell them like, press enter. Then you go, uh, yeah, exa- exactly. just like you figure it out. This is the problem. Mm. Find me the solution. That's that's ideal. Yeah, I mean, it's okay if you kind of do some, you know, at first at least explanation. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. user guide and stuff, but like, but some people just they want to or kind of need to be micromanaged. Oh, okay. Honestly, um, and uh, that's not really the best fit. What I, what I also think that sorry to, yeah, sorry yeah, to interrupt it, go you. Uh, what I also think that working in the office, you think okay, you work you know from nine in the morning till five in the evening. But what are your productive hours? We cannot be productive all the time from nine till five. It's just yeah. not possible. Maybe, yeah. you know, your productive hours are three to four, maybe to five. In between, you don't know how to solve something. You are waiting for someone or, you know, you're sitting in the meeting that you have no idea about, you know? Or you're just or daydreaming in you front just, of your Yeah, <laughs> or you just want to escape your job to go to lunch, you know? So you have four, actually four to five productive hours per day. And what are you doing the rest of the time in a day? You still sit in the office. You know, instead of sitting in the office during your non-productive hours, why wouldn't you go to the beach? Why yeah. wouldn't you, you know, why I mean, wouldn't life you... life is precious, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's time and time is passing. And if you spend those time that is not productive anyway in the office, because you just have to be in the office, it's just honestly, like I don't think it's worth it. Sorry to say, yeah. Yeah, for example, when you're a freelancer or like you are working remotely, you know that your productive hours are from 8 in the morning till 12. I will work from 8 till 12. I have my job done for today. I feel very fulfilled. And then I go have a good food. Yeah. And then I, I mean, go have a hike or something. Also, for clarification, we usually work more than that. We usually work, work, yeah. work more. Yeah. We usually work in the mornings. Then we have, yeah, we have a two lunch sessions, break. Yeah. You know, one, two hours of, I don't know, just uh, relaxation. And then we have another working session in the evening. Yeah, it just kind of works better like that. Yes. More productive, yeah. Yes. Okay, so if, if you have to guess, like, how many hours do you usually on average work? Because there is a little bit confusion with the people that are watching YouTube videos. They think you don't work at all. So yeah, I think that's an issue. Sip your, sip your margarita on the beach. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, we actually post those videos, actually, that we're on the beach and uh, yeah. having nice food and they're doing cool stuff. But it doesn't mean no, that but we I think, don't like, work. Yeah, I mean, I, I usually I like to clarify that this is, I'm, I'm, this is like, just one angle of the truth. 
Because, uh, yeah, I don't uh, want people to have that idea, to have an, an inaccurate idea. Uh, how many hours? It's, it's hard it's really to say hard. because for me as well, like I have um, sometimes it's just like a lot of work is packed into, like, it's just like I have so much to do, I need to just sit and work. Um, and other times, like for example, because, you know, um, with a SaaS thing, it's like the development takes time and it's somewhat like, for example, in the beginning, like when I was figuring out all of the product UI stuff, um, then I was like, I just needed to constantly just do that, do that, do that, because the speed of the project was dependent on that. And then there are other times when it's less, but on average... I think like five to six hours. A day, but productive hours. Right, like that's uh, a big difference. That doesn't, yeah, that think that those are productive hours. I would okay, say. So right? probably that would mean at least eight, nine hours a day. Yeah, because oh. you're not productive full hours. Mm. So something like that, I guess. It also depends on we our also, lifestyle. Right. It also yeah. also one thing I want to add: we work, we pretty much work almost all days. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we don't work, yeah, uh, we work on Saturday and Sunday as well. Okay. So we don't have the difference between working days and weekends. We do take uh, we do take a day off if, when we feel like it. Okay. Yeah. A half day off. But it's, it's, it's not like it's Sunday. No, no it's exactly. not like that. It can be Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. For Sometimes us, I forget which day of the week. Yeah. We, can, so we can go hiking on Monday, you know, and spend the whole day somewhere in the nature. But we can work on Sunday and Saturday and Friday yeah, you evening. Get to, you know, people go to the bars on Friday evening. We're like, oh, we want to work, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah when you, you, can, you don't have to be kind of uh, adjust to some ri- arbitrary rhythm. It's like, yeah. this is just the day of the week and this is how you must live. You, cannot, you can kind of... Uh, right. Because I think even when you, fe- when you really feel like, okay, I feel like I want to work. Um, I think if you like what you do, you have those times. Like, yeah. oh, I want to do this thing, yeah. I want to do that thing. When you have that feeling, it's good, I think, to work. And when you feel like, sometimes you only feel a bit drained if mm-hmm. you've been working for a long time. You feel like tired and drained. And uh, you, uh, you just, it's just not, it's, you try and try and it's not going. Uh, yeah. And then it's just, okay, I'm here in Thailand. It's like, I'm going to massage. Bye. <laughs> See me in an hour. It's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like... It's... And you just recharge and you don't have that luxury in the office. You, you must stay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You must watch that watch. You know, it's like, is it five? Is it five? Yeah, true, true, yeah. exactly like that. Can you tell me like which country did did you did you went like remotely and then working? Recently you mentioned Philippines, right? Yeah. Together. together? Yeah, together. Let's start which, with where do we start with? Is it a big list? Uh, fairly. Not so, not huge. Oh, uh, let's see. Let's start. Um, we will manage <laughs> in reasonable time. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Bali. This is where we met. Then we met again in India. Uh, India. We, then we went India, in the Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, Maldives, then Maldives, um, then Berlin. Then we met again in Berlin, right? Because where, I was living where in Berlin. Vera lives. Then yeah. we went to Portugal. Portugal. We spent some time in Portugal. It was um, pretty cool. Then in Tokyo. Then again in Tokyo, Tokyo for the movie. Nice. Right. Then in the Philippines. Right, then again. Tokyo, the no, so it was basically in October, it was Portugal. November, it was Tokyo. December, we went to the Philippines. Then two months, we were in the Philippines. And now, um, yeah, we came here to Chiang Mai. Yeah, it's so it's crazy. Like, you well, know, I don't believe, like, honestly, I don't believe that my life is like that. I mean, I have been crazy, but with, a to- with Thomas, it's like another lo- level of craziness. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's like, what? Portugal, then Tokyo, then Philippines, and then Chiang Mai. I love it, but I cannot imagine that, you know, yeah, I, well, I guess I, guess I just see Vera as like, uh, you know, exactly like myself, like mm-hmm. in that, like, you know, freedom lover, 
It's like, mm-hmm. take your right hand, let's go. Yeah, take the back. I'm, I'm like, yeah, like, come on, right, let's do it. Like, mm, okay. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. I had some good thought, but it went away. Do you see yourself, let's say, eventually, if you get married and, you know, start a family, how do you see it <laughs> for that to, to, to work, like, remotely, uh, or you're just for, for coming us, back? For us, that thing is, like, way... It, definitely <laughs> way out, out of the horizon yeah. for the moment. Um, but generally, I mean, I, I'm just, I know myself, I'm very like, I really love freedom and how that would look. I guess, you know, as you get older, even even not with a family or, or commitments like marriage, I think even without that, you kind of, as you grow older, maybe, I, I see this pattern in other nomads, they kind of start to slow down. Okay. You, know? mm-hmm. you slow down, you're not so... We like to. We're still in that phase where we really like to see things. Okay. But we also, I think, we it's also a, feel a that we balance. want to slow down. You know, for right. example, in the Philippines, two months of traveling that was a, quite a challenge. You know, with the low accessibility of Wi-Fi and all that stuff. Yeah, because we knew. But we also knew what we were getting ourselves. Into, yeah. Now, right? for example, being here in Chiang Mai with all those work opportunities, great food, heaven. good nature, it's just heaven for us. I also want to settle down now. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. You know. But again, comes a time where you feel like, okay, I've been settled for too long. I feel like going yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like I need an to ebb go. and a flow, come and go. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also a balance, I think. Balance yeah. of both. And also in a place like Philippines, an interesting kind of thing that we did. Uh, to mitigate risk of lack of internet access, we bought these like two pocket Wi-Fi's okay. um, from the two biggest uh, internet provider companies. Okay. And so when the Wi-Fi was a bit crappy, they saved us, and that was many times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, it saved us a lot actually. I mean, in the cities, the internet is fine. Cebu and Manila, yeah. it's really good. But if you go on an island, that's where the challenge starts. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. in the Philippines and the internet. It's a bit challenging. Right, right. It's not like uh, Chiang Mai. I yeah, mean, when you come, it's my second time here, but uh, when you come here, you, it just makes sense why Chiang Mai is one of the top places. No, it's also cool, you know, you appreciate uh, what you have because you haven't had it for such a long time. I think it's also, also very right, right, right. I think many people just don't appreciate it. You know, they just take it for granted because they know how it is, it's good, and that's it. But we know how it is to work when there is almost no internet or when there is earthquake and you have yeah. to work, you know? We know how it is. So that's why we appreciate being here in Chiang Mai and having all that things that we... Um, yeah. Not really lack, but... Um, and we're limited with limited in, I think. I mean, that that's like a positive side of traveling, you know, and working remotely. What do you see in the remote community that is lacking? Like probably expectation or I see personally for, for the people that are watching YouTube. Like how does it look like? Like what, what would you think should be improved in the remote community? You go. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly... I haven't thought about it too much. Hmm, what should be what should be improved? Well, on an overall level, it will overall be not, level, yeah. Right. Um, it will be cool if the governments catch up. Okay. Because the governments are like ter- most most of them are terribly lagging behind. Um, sorry to say, but that's the truth, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. Uh, that would be a nice one. That like kind of governments would be more fluid, but it, it almost seems like I'm asking for. I don't know, <laughs> something impossible. 
No, I think, for example, in Chiang Mai, you have a free co-working space. I think that's one yeah. of the ways how government can catch up with this digital nomad. No, that's, no I, I was thinking more in terms of like taxation, taxation. visas. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, the visa, right. Visa, it's like, uh, right. that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a big a thing. One. That's a big thing everywhere. Right, yeah. The governments kind of uh, limit our freedom. Especially, especially for <laughs> Russians. I mean, uh, yeah. if you're from European Union, you still have an access to um, a lot of places. And when you are from Russia... It's difficult. It's really difficult. I think that's why there are not that many uh, remote workers out there. Because, I mean, it's difficult from a tax perspective, from a legal perspective, from economical perspective, from, uh, you know... The environment is not there. The like it's just not there. Government has to catch up uh, with a lot of stuff. Actually, well, the, as the community grows and you know there are many people going there, eventually they will like wait. I, we need to do something for these people. Yeah, I hope so because I think uh, they benefit from it uh, like as well. It's not yeah. just like yeah, you know, all these people. How much money is being driven into Chiang Mai, for example? Yeah. Oh, and, like yeah. have you heard of like uh, Sony and E residency? Yeah, uh, it's like such a. In my opinion, it's like it's so cool that the government is like so forward thinking. Yeah, that they create something like that, and they also benefit so much from it, right? You yeah. get, just get money from no, basically nowhere. Yeah, uh, in a way, like you know, because they're what what the e residency. It basically just quick uh, a quick summary of what it is is just like I don't know if I'll be exp- uh, able to explain it that well. Um, it's basically a program by the Estonian government. This is not a plug. I just think it's cool what they're doing. Is uh, no affiliation. A, he has a YouTube video on that. Yeah, I even made yeah. a YouTube. I, I, I can watch his YouTube video. I, I, I have. <laughs> I have a guest on on the podcast, Chris. Yeah. He's running an insurance company in, in Germany, and mm-hmm. he he was talking about Estonia. Yeah, he it's, it's so it's so, so cool what they do. Because like, mm-hmm. they basically allow people to basically register from uh, yeah, anywhere. Yeah, basically it's like a digital nation digital yeah. citizenship and you can open up a company I mean, pay taxes mm. and you don't have to go there so it's a perfect fit for uh, yeah our community i mean exactly it's, so it's yeah it's not problem. it's not black and white yeah to go back to what we said previously right. there are governments that are that right. are smart yeah so if, if basically russia or macedonia specifically we have laws in the 70s yeah when internet wasn't invented <laughs> 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 so you try to open up a company in Macedonia and just, you know, start start there, but they're not allowing you pretty much the law. So you, you can just go to Estonia. And yeah, yeah. especially like benefits. if it's online company and a lot of these uh, yeah. governments structure it for brick and mortar business. Exactly. It's exactly. just like, yeah, it, just, it feels like it's weighing you down. Yeah. Not, mm-hmm. It doesn't push your business forward. It just yeah, pulls it back. Mm-hmm. I'm just, the accountant, spend the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just curious. You started the Indian company. How does that work like? All right, so that's interesting. I mean, how, how Vera, does that? Why don't you give the brief story of the story? How it came to yeah, how, um, how did you start? How you met? Yeah, Miranda? okay. As we told before, uh, we were traveling to India together for a month, and um, when we were in Jodhpur, well, since I'm a photographer, I really love all that you know, love great scenes and you know, portrait of women, you know, the typical stuff, and. Um, I was just, you know, shooting somewhere in the street and then I saw a woman and I was like, wow, I really want to take a fi- picture of her, like really. And I see that she started waving to me like, come, come to me, come to me. So I um, came up to her and she asked me the first question, you are a woman and you travel on your own? 
how is that possible? I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm traveling with my boyfriend, but, you know, she, he's not here because he has his call. I, I think you had a call or something. She was like, wow, really? You are so brave. You are such a confident woman because here in India, we cannot really do that, you know? We are supposed to stay at home and cook chapati. Most of our women are uneducated. And you are such an educated woman. Sorry, I'm just picking up the accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're such an educated woman. Wow, is it so great, so great. And uh, and we just started talking and she said, hey, I have a, you know, I have a textile shop. Do you want to come over and, you know, let's talk there. And first I thought, hmm, it sounds a bit sketchy, you know. We talked and then she invites Marie to her shop and then she will probably try to sell something to me. But I kind of, you know, felt, yeah, why not? I'm just going to go there. I was, you know, roaming around anyway. So I, I came to her shop and we just started talking and then she discussed, we discussed everything, like how do we women live uh, where we have everything and we're not suppressed by anyone and we can express ourselves the way we want. And then she started uh, telling how uh, different it is uh, in India that they cannot work, that India is a man country, you know, and it was so hard for me to understand at the very beginning because I have never seen anything like that before. And like realizing that this world exists and, you know, we're part of the same planet, but the societies are so different and the rules are so different. And um, she started showing her beautiful textiles. Um, they're handmade by the women part of your NGO. Oh, so she runs your NGO so for women. It's important part. <laughs> yeah, that's actually the most was, important uh, part. Sorry, listening if you want to miss that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she runs your NGO for women empowerment. And um, she has a small shop where she sells the Indian textiles made by women who are part of this NGO. Because she wants to support them. She wants to show them that they can make money, that they can be independent, that they can express themselves in different creative ways. And so the products were so beautiful and so unique. And uh, I don't know. And then I think I told it to you, Thomas. And then yeah. the next day we came there to the shop together. And at the same time, we just we had just this idea. Like, why, why shouldn't we, you know, since we're all into this all online stuff. Yeah. Why, why don't we sell them online? Like, uh, she, because, um, you know, important piece is that uh, she's having real trouble selling them in the local markets. Uh, because, because, you know, it's just not yes. traditionally accepted. What women entrepreneurs, what, what is that? Yes. Like if we, yeah. That's their attitude. Um, they think the woman is for, <clears throat> just needs to sit in the kitchen, as Vera said, and cook chapati, which is like like non bread, pretty much. Yeah, Com um, Thomas makes jokes about me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you should sit at home. You should no. <laughs> Do cook. Woman. Woman, good. yeah. yeah. It's like our inside joke, yeah. But Farrah knows I'm not serious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so, yeah, yeah, they cook. Um, they have this vision that the woman's place is like, basically, a woman has no power. This is a long story short. And um, so, yeah, we thought their textiles are so cool, like They're so, so like, artistic and beautiful. Yeah. We thought, why don't we sell them online? So, we just bought a little test batch of like 30 pieces. And we thought like, okay, why, uh, it would make sense probably, I knew about Etsy at the time, I thought, okay, that seemed like the most fitting marketplace. Because you know, at first it might be challenging a lot, it, it was a test at first. Mm -hmm. uh, we thought we tested there at Etsy because there already are, um, there's, traffic, there's there. traffic going there, there's mm -hmm. people searching for products, mm -hmm. um, there's all the infrastructure built out, we just, um, it was more challenging than I thought, but uh, we just fill things out, blah, 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 and uh, we can test it. And yeah, people, people bought the products. And then we, um, now we're still in that phase. We're uh, figuring out 
how to uh, scale it because you know the cool thing about projects like this, like mm-hmm. socially oriented business, business oriented to sort social impact, is that you know if we sell a lot, we also have a big impact. Uh, where they get a lot of revenue flows into yes, Jodhpur, the city true, we true. were just talking about. And uh, yeah, so we're trying different products at the moment. We made yoga bags. She, she made yoga bags first, Nanda, this woman. She made yoga bags, which uh, I think uh, uh, one was actually just bought yeah, today in the morning. this morning. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Which was really cool. I mean, it's still a small project. We're still figuring it out. So we're still excited. We're still in that phase where we're excited about every sale. And um, like, you know, we started because it's like confirmation of where we can go. True, true. No, I wanted to say, I wanted to add that we started selling um, in summer, I think. And back then I was in Berlin and I was selling, you know, I was going to G- I, I was going to DHL every time and selling the products, writing the cards. Thank you so much and everything. But then when we figured out that we are, we are going to travel and we're going to live in other places, this is not going to work. If I, I understand, if I'm at that place, I can, you know, I can have the products in my room or... Yeah, we just realized it's not sustainable. It's not going to work. It's not sustainable. And uh, then we came up with a solution. Right. Uh, we need, we just figured out, we need to make some sort of supply chain. Like yeah. this can't, mm-hmm. otherwise it's going to take away our freedom. Yeah. <laughs> what we yeah, love the true. most, right? It's true. And so we were just looking around for different options, like whether we could do like a warehouse in India, but that seemed a bit like sketchy uh i mean unless unless we have trustworthy people and that's already overhead that we don't right. need at the, at the early stage mm-hmm. maybe you know when we're selling a bunch of products you can set that up um but then we've uh, ran across this uh cool uh service mm-hmm. a cool company called printful okay. um which uh their core business is they sell kind of print on demand like uh, clothing i think mugs t-shirts uh it's actually a company started by Latvian guy Pretty big at the moment. I mean, relatively mm-hmm. big company, yeah. But what they also offer is like this warehousing uh, service. Basically, you just, it works so nicely. I'm just so happy about it. Yes, when we, me too. When we finally figured out, because it was a problem for a long time, yeah. how it works is you just package up your products. Well, we package them up. You don't, you don't have to. We want to make our customer experience nice. We put a little thank you card, you know, all that stuff. And so, yeah, then we put, uh, we ship off um, the products to them. And then once we actually, Etsy integrates with their system. Okay. It's just like beautiful, really. I mean, it's such a time we live in. I, yeah. Genuinely, I say that, genu- I'm like mind blown. Like this stuff is available. No, actually, Somebody buys a product wherever we are. It's just like um, Printful receives it, yes. uh, already charges us the money and uh, ships it off in a day or two. We just track the process by email. We see that, oh, you can, you know... Another order submitted, you're like, oh, cool. So Printful is going to send it out today or tomorrow. It's like, it's, uh, we don't have to think about it. We're thinking about marketing, about branding, yeah, content, but strategy. It's not like, it's not the product line. Tell how it all starts. So none the ships so, the I mean, no, it's us. Are you right, right, right. That's um, what I'm saying. It's like already the end when, you know, when the customer right, gets the products. Right. But uh, it's not So there. winding yeah. back to how um, the beginning of supply chain, right. Nanda just basically makes, uh, makes these products for us. We kind of communicate. We're trying to figure... Um, I mean, we are figuring. We're not trying to. I think uh, we're making good, uh, really yes. good progress with our uh, products. Okay. We, we just realized we need them in higher quantity because it's not sustainable. We were before yeah. we were like, operating like an art, basically. Like business. original, you know, each one. piece original. We have to take mm-hmm. photos mm-hmm. for each piece, right? 
And it takes a lot of time and like a lot Very of Very nice because you edit the photos. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, take the photos and edit the photos. And then you have like 20 photos for each piece. You know, there are 100 pieces and you're like, oh my God. And then you sell the piece and it's gone. It's like, we just realize, okay, and this is not scalable. And you have to do it, you know, from the very beginning again. And it's really you not You either scalable. have to price it, that's like crazy, like yeah. 500 for like, you yeah. know, art. Or we have to, we just realized we have to sell like, in uh, wholesale, but still, More than, but than. still in higher yeah. quantity, but it, but they're still all handmade. They still keep that artistic kind of quality to them. Right, right. So right. yeah, Nanda makes them. Then Nanda uh, ships off to our photographer in also in India. We found this through one of our Indian friends. Through good, our friends. Good yeah. Indian friend Gunj. Yeah, he referred us to this one guy. Uh, it's shipped off to him. Then he sh- uh, ships it off to my uh, sister in Latvia who, um, you know, she helps to do some kind of management stuff with, with the products, in terms the of the packing, products. Packing. And, you know, organizing um, the... Measuring. All, all this, like, administ- almost administration stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then she puts them off in the in the warehouse. Yeah. I don't know. I just see it's like beauty. And that enables <laughs> I like us, systems, you Yeah, know? that enables us to do what we do and being not really um, connected to one certain location. Right, for, for one moment, we, I was thinking like, oh shit, is this going to be a real issue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, I think we found a really great solution. Right. It works um, um, almost well. perfectly, I think. Because I, I didn't want to have to choose mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to give up my freedom or to kill our baby, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so you find the solution. And right, yes, all of them remotely. Yes. Yes, all of them are remote. That's awesome. And the opportunities yeah. are, you know, are just coming and you know more, more available mm-hmm. to set mm-hmm. these things up like like this. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean it's ridiculous what you can do now remotely that. Yes, we're so lucky. Like mm-hmm. I seriously think about this. Like we were so fortunate. Imagine being born like 50 years ago. It's like even 30. Factory. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Factory and that's it. And or or escape somehow to one of the yeah to to more developed country, but the mentality is still mentality st- still yeah still still stuck. I also it. honestly I also think that uh, there are I meet a lot of digital nomads who start who jump on this nomad path when you know in their forties or fifties probably because when they were in their twenties this opportunity just didn't exist yeah. you know and we're so lucky that we are young and we start with it like straight away because we have option to choose this path or to choose another path even though many people probably just didn't even have this option you know back then yeah. I know 30 40 years ago maybe yeah exactly so we're lucky in many ways and it's like sometimes I just tell almost like tell myself like because it comes even when with the travel it becomes kind of I it just I have to say this becomes kind of normal at one point it's like okay cool we're in this country now um, but I kind of remind myself to be grateful because yeah. you know, like there's uh, people who um, don't want, uh, don't have this, for example, or you know, like it's it's a great thing to have. Uh, is what mm-hmm, I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, we should be grateful. Yeah, agree. And we are. We are. You you should be. I mean, you're you have a company, and you've seen that it's difficult in India to to release out from the traditional boundaries. So. Right, right. Although they have the technology, the mindset is bad there. So. Right, and even with like the um, entrepreneurship stuff, it's kind of a tangent maybe, but uh, just real quick, like I remember like when I was um, uh, younger, like these oppor- there weren't that many of these opportunities. So I just remember I was working for, not a brief period over the summer, I was working in like, what do you call it, like a swamp? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's these, like, I, don't, I don't remember like what you what you call it in English. I was just like, this manual labor, really, oh, okay. like, 
And I just, even comparing to that, like, you don't have to do that stuff anymore. Yeah. How, for, how fortunate are we? Part of it is like, you know, like part of it, I give credit to myself, but part of it also gives credit to the uh, opportunities that are, that are available to us, right? Yeah, thanks to technology. Technology, yeah, all true. these, yeah, everything, yeah. Yeah, but it's not easy to make the switch. The people are in Matrix and they need to make the, the switch just to change their mindset and just learn the technology and right. just implement it. Mindset is a big one, yeah. That, that's what I'm seeing that is lacking. Especially, in I think, in like uh, where we're from, like Eastern Bloc. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm from that's Brazil. All. Yeah. That's so interesting right. that like both of us are from uh, that part of the world and uh, both of us are different from the people who usually, you know, the majority of people who live there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I, guess, I guess when you travel, that's the great thing is when you travel. It, especially when you live in a place for longer, you get to pick up, at least that's what happened for me, you get to feel how they think, the people of the place. Yeah. Like, oh, they, they see it's like this. Why do I see it like that? You kind of get to um, almost change yourself or see yourself in a different light. I think and, it's kind of self-education. Yeah. Mo, you know? A lot of it, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of self-education. You're just expanding yourself, expanding you know, your you, growth. Yeah. When you live in your country, you don't have uh, outside uh, reference. Yeah. You don't yeah. know how it is. You don't know how people think. You don't know how they live. I'm just thinking, you know, just, just an idea came to me like 40 years ago, probably people who lived in USSR, you know, it was really hard to travel. And during that same time, when in Singapore, you know, already that, you know, high buildings and people in Russia didn't even, you know, didn't even know that high, that high building can exist. So I think travel kind of, kind of helps to, yeah, expand your mindset and expand the view, like what is possible because everything basically is. And all depends on you. Yeah, yeah true. Yes. You have to take action and believe. Yeah. It sounds so cliche, hashtag believe. Or something like that. <laughs> like, but you have to, you have to, you have to take the jump. Just like, I just realized like every time something great has happened in my life is when I took like a leap of faith. In the first uh, business, it was a big leap of faith at the time because mm-hmm. I had little savings as a high schooler. From this, from this manual <laughs> job, it's like your little, your little precious money uh, that you save up. And uh, that was leap of faith, you know. Um, Going full a full digital nomad was kind of a leap of faith. Like uh, it felt like that at a time. It's kind of, it's kind of not in a way. You're, okay, you come back, whatever. But in the ta- at the time, it feels like okay, I'm cutting all of my bridges and burning the bridges, and I'm I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay. And then like you know, also with this um, SaaS business that I'm uh, currently building, it's also also a leap of faith. You don't know you don't know anything. Like uh, you just trust that uh, you will, with time you'll figure it out. And so far, that strategy has worked. <laughs> Commit first, figure it out later. That's yeah, that's, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and you don't have to. So I think that keeps many people from jumping in because they don't know fully. And, and I think fears, you will never they have a lot of fears. You will like, never know. Yeah, you will never know. I think because but, even when you have a vision, maybe you take action mm-hmm. and it shapes starts shaping in a different way. Yeah, right. and I also think that people, since people have fears and they think, How, what am I going to do if this thing happens? What am I going to do if these things happens? But honestly, like, I think 95% of time, <laughs> yeah. your fear will not become true, you know? So what holds you back, you know, from taking action if that fear is not even real? And you yeah. have to also, I guess is important, one thing is to say your fear is not real, which is kind of, uh, in one perspective, is true. And then another is saying, like, I usually accept the worst case scenario. Mm. Like that's what helps me. I mean, it doesn't work for everyone. Like for me, I work, okay, if 
I think, okay, the worst case, what is the worst case? Like, okay, this happens, that happens. It's also, yeah. Or waste all this money or something like that. Or somebody screws me over. It's like, I have to kind of make peace with it. Mm-hmm. I, will, sure. I will do everything to not make it happen. And I will try to mitigate that possibility. But if it happens, like, okay, I accept that. Yeah. I will survive, basically. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, because it helps you. Agree. It helps to deal with that Agreed. yeah, yeah. fear. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just, just to remove the fear. That's what I'm doing. Like I'm just asking, like, what's the worst that it can happen, and just I live through through like yeah. it's really happening. And then you're free. Mm-hmm. After and that. then you're free. And if it's happened, you were like, ah, I knew it. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. True, true. And then it usually doesn't happen. But most time, it happen. Happen. when you're more free, you have more right. energy to put to your right. goal. Right. Agree. Yeah. yeah, you're not giving energy to the fear. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so we can leave a message to to the people watching this that are might considering to become a remote preneur. I would say, yeah, if if you feel like it's your path, uh, go for it. Um, you know, despite all of the, you know, the, the fears and the kind of doubts that may be there, like this, that, if you're a freedom lover like we are, uh, and I think if you are, you kind of feel it. You just know. Mm-hmm. I would say just, you have to just... Uh, jump and take the leap of faith. You can also, what, what is important is like, you can take, um, if it's right for you, you don't have to do it so like, uh, kind of more extreme as I did. You can make it uh, more like organic, step by step. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Honestly, just just try it out. I mean, if you don't like it, you can always come back, you know? What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. a good question. <laughs> yeah, good. And uh, one one last thing also, like, no, I forgot. That's no, fine. That's fine. Too, too, too many codes and SS and stuff. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Cool. We can end. And you wanted to say that uh, people should follow their excitement. Isn't it the thing that you uh, want to say? No, I wanted to say that it's like when that thought is right there and it yeah. just escapes. Wait. Um, no, it's not coming. Sorry. No, no, no. Not coming. <laughs> no, I can say just honestly, like follow, follow your excitement. Um, if you feel that you like something so much, and even though it does really bring you income right now, keep doing it, you know? Keep doing it. Be, I don't know, be like in that place where you know that you will have money at some point doing the oh. thing that you love. Oh, it came back to me. Right. Okay. <laughs> so what I also, yeah, um, what I also want to say is that like we live in a truly unique time. Like I think we live in a time where our, the whole society is kind of going through transformation, even if you wind back 15 years. You see how different it was already. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I, I look at these things and I think it's, it's like important. It's such a great time to be alive that uh, it's important to uh, really take, um, leave behind that old mindset. You have to, I think it's important because it will limit you and it will keep you from jumping in the new opportunities. So, and when you are able to leave it behind, let it stay with the older generations. That's fine. Let them... And when, when you do that, then you're able to really take advantage of all those opportunities. Because there are a lot in entrepreneurship, in the way you live your life. And I think that's, that's like been very important for on, on my journey. And uh, yeah, I hope more people can like live lives that uh, they enjoy. Take action and take power over your life, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Maybe it's cliche, but it, it's true. You, yeah, I think that probably the cliche has become cliches for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. At the end of the day, yeah. Okay. So, so I, I would like for the end to say this to the listeners based on the interview we had. Wake up, become a remote preneur, enjoy and be aware that we are living in an extraordinary time and you are the captain of your destiny. So no excuses, leave the mindset, use books. And if you're considering or thinking about trying out 
working remotely and building your company, just try it. I mean, what's the worst that it can happen? Guys, thank you for being part of the Thanks podcast. I, I, I love you gave so much valuable information and I like that you are operating like successfully like, like a couple. That was one of the things that I personally wanted to learn. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for, for inviting great us. Thank you. We, you. You were awesome. And I, yeah, I know that you're going to succeed with SAS. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Okay, guys, if you like the podcast and you would like to learn more, I would invite you to go to remotepreneurs.com, remotepreneurs.com. And I'm going to send you a show note, a link to their e-commerce business. Maybe you can find some, some Indian traditional textile that, that you like. And also tune in every week because I interview successful remotepreneurs that managed to escape the matrix and they're just created their own reality remotely. Bye-bye and see you on, on next week. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to hear new episodes. And if you feel that this episode provided you with value, we invite you to share this podcast with a friend that is trying to escape the matrix and create his or her own remote economy. Visit remotepreneurs.com and join the email list to receive this episode's show notes and a welcoming gift.